This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. Amen. We're just going to continue in our series here on worship, the power of worship. This is the third week, and we're going to be talking about worship and the atmosphere. I kind of shrunk things down here a little bit because uh, maybe you smelled that wonderful meat when you came in in the kitchen. And now I'm told there's a game or something in the at- right at the church, there's some football team playing or something. And uh, <clears throat> so we're going to try to get that uh, uh, broadcasted in here, the sanctuary or whatever, while we eat so you don't have to take off out of here. So we'd love to have you stay and, and fellowship. And we're going we're gonna to be doing these fellowship dinners, I think, the beginning of the month through the winter months, correct? Again in January, okay, in February. So, so great times for us to connect. A lot of times, you know, you, you come to church and then you leave and you go, I haven't had a chance to talk to that person or whatever. I miss them. This is time for us to connect this church body. Amen. So uh, if I can get this thing to go here. Uh, our, our text is Mark chapter 5. I'm going to get to the story here, but there's some things I'm, I'm kind of prepping and where Jesus cures a, a demon-possessed man, the Gadarenes, an area across the Sea of Galilee. And uh, we talked about, just doing a quick recap here, in verse 6, uh, we said to kind of highlight this, it says, the Bible says that immediately when Jesus comes across that lake, all right, he's met with this guy that is filled with unclean spirit. And, and the Bible says that when he saw Jesus, it said that he ran towards him and he worshipped him. He worshipped him. I think that's interesting in the state that he was in. Then in, jump down in, in verse 10, it says, he begged Jesus repeatedly not to send them out of that region. And I said, that's an important verse there. We need to underline that. We need to highlight that. When I said this, is that that's spiritual warfare right there, 101, the basis of spiritual warfare. He said, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Every community, we need to understand that there are, there are controlling spirits over communities. Amen. Some of you kind of, well, uh, yes. You go to a certain area, there's poverty spirits that control. There's, there's uh, addicting spirits. Uh, we've taken teams to the New Orleans Mardi Gras uh, for evangelism uh, uh, for over 20 years, taking teams. You know what? There are spirits over that area and down near New Orleans. And, and, and listen, there are controlling spirits. You ready? You ready for this? In Minnesota, in Alexandria. That's over the mindset of people that you, you know, you can get under that. Ah, that, you know, but you just, you start dealing, you start to notice, okay, certain things keep coming up. This, these spirits beg Jesus, please, all right, we'll leave, but don't kick us out of our area. Don't throw us out of our community because we like it here and we have influence here. How many still with me? Say amen. Is this too much for you? Or, you know, it's Bible stuff here. Or it's in the Bible. And so, so the, the good news is that, how, that Jesus, the Bible says, that he has given us keys to the kingdom. He has given his church authority. Authority. Can I get an amen? Matthew 16, 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. And it's saying that the church has the seat of power, the authority. And I don't mean church. I don't just mean a, 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 a denomination and a hierarchy. I mean the people of God. We are the church, amen, as we come together corporately. And there are other churches that are coming together on this Sunday morning, worshiping God that love God, amen. And we said this, that keys give us access. Somebody shout access. If I, if I say, here's the keys to my truck, or here's the keys to my house, or my cabin, or here's the keys to my motorcycle, whatever you know you have keys for, you give that person access to, 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 that, to that item. Isn't that correct? Well, it's the same in the kingdom of God, in the spirit realm, which said, as many Christians, they're not aware of the access that they have. Just not aware, just not aware that, that there's actually, there's something that they can do about their present circumstance and situation, spiritually speaking, to affect it. And <clears throat> the authority that they have. You know, here's the thing, when I talk about this, that I don't mean this to be a heavy, but, you know, uh, spiritual apathy, spiritual apathy will kill you. I'm going to say that again. Spiritual apathy will just destroy you. It'll destroy your family. Satan will take your kids. It'll destroy your life. You'll get your kids strung out. Apathy, spiritually. And, and, and I, there is a spirit of apathy in, in general over our nation. And what's happening, it, it, people are starting to wake up. <laughs> they're starting to wake up because they're finding out there's a real devil out there. And, and you wonder why we have so many violent things happening because spirits don't want to leave territory or nations. They say, well, that's kind of spooky, Pastor Mike. Well, Halloween's over, okay? It's true. There are controlling spirits that are in our nation that, that, that don't want to give up power. But in Jesus' name, it's coming down. It's coming down. I just declare that. So keys give us access. But, you know, I think of the, when I think of spiritual apathy, here's a picture uh, in 2 Kings 20. Remember the story about King Hezekiah. You can read it. 2 Kings 20, verse 19. And he was the king of Judah. And what he did is he had, he had all this fame and God blessed him. And, and so he took the, the uh, travelers from Babylon. They came in and said, hey, we just want here to check out what you got. And sure, he shows them the temple. He shows them everything. Shows all his jewelry. Shows all of the gold and all the silver and, uh, of, the, of the temple and the beauty and the splendor of everything. And, and then these Babylonians said, yeah, thank you. And then they leave. And Isaiah, the prophet, comes by and says, what did you just do? He goes, well, I just showed him everything. He said, you arrogant, prideful thing. Do you not know that these people are going to come back and they're going to destroy you? So he pronounced a pretty heavy judgment uh, that, that was going to come upon Israel. And, and it, ha it took some time for it to happen, but uh, because of them falling away and, the, and them living idolatrously and, and, and not serving the Lord. And so, so here's what Hezekiah says. Now, if you heard something like that, you think, oh my God, God forgive me. I don't, I don't want that to happen to my city. I don't want it to happen to my, my community. Good's the word of the Lord, as long as it doesn't happen when I'm alive. That's how he responded. It's okay. You know what? Oh, that's, that's a good word, brother, but I'm going to be long dead, so it's not going to affect me. <laughs> I can still drive my boat out of the lake. I can still go hunting. I can still go ice fishing. But nobody's going to take this stuff while I'm alive. But after I'm gone, I don't really care. That is destructive for a nation. That is destructive for a people. That is, that is, that is 
That's horrible. I mean, it's the gall, the audacity. And so, in other words, he's saying these people, they're going to come back here and they're going to take your kingdom. This is what Isaiah is saying. They're going to take your kingdom, bring Israel into captivity. They're going to rape your women. They're going to kill your infant children in, in, in the womb. And they're going to make your sons eunuchs. And they're going to be slaves and, and serve in another kingdom. And they'll haul them off in chains. And, and, and his response is, well, as long as it doesn't happen in my life, I'm good to go. I'm good. I need to let that set in because that is a spirit that has come upon America. Just, just as, long, as long as I can have my Starbucks and my freedom and I can do my thing and I've got good internet speed, who really cares about the next 20, 30 years? We care about the next 20, 30 years in our country. We need to care about for our children's children. All right, we, we got kids that are growing up. We have family, extended family, marriages. We need to care about them. Yes. Somebody say Amen. That passivity is destructive. And that's how his attitude was. It was costly. It was costly. You know, I, I don't need to be an alarmist here, but uh, Fox News comes out with an article, and I think it's been in it's other articles uh, written about it. It's about, it says, two secret churches in North Korea show how powerful the Bible is. It just came out today. And it talks about, and we're talking about freedom here in America in this, this context. And, 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 and he just, I'm not reading the article, but basically, in essence, it says that that uh, they were these people, believers that are distributing Bibles and, and these believers there had all these tattered Bibles and they revere these Bibles that they have. We, we don't get that here, you know? Bible gets wet and thing, I'll oh, just start away. You know, I can download a Bible. You know, I got a Bible app, you know? We, we don't get that here. It's that, but to them, the paper, to have the Bible is you could get 15 years in prison just for having one. So they go out in a boat. And it talks about that they go out in this, this boat, these believers in, in this small kind of a cell group, you know, church house, and, and they, were, they were reading the scripture and they were just worshiping. And another boat comes by. And so as the article goes, they get scared. They hide the Bible. So they said, who is it? And they th we think it's the police. It's the authorities that are coming. And finally, when it shows up, they see this just gentleman who's a missionary. And he goes, no. He said, we, we got Bibles for you. They begin to just get overwhelmed. And I said, they took their old tattered Bibles and they gave them all brand new Bibles. They began to weep. They began to worship God just out in the middle of the lake. True story. This is a, this article just came out. And, and so they, they loved on and they blessed on them and then they, they went back. So this missionary took those tattered Bibles and went back to his uh, hotel and he kind of just left them there. And, and then when he came back, he noticed the Bibles were gone. And now he gets a little nervous. He's like, okay, uh, maybe somebody confiscated them. And he finds out that the janitor in the hotel took the Bibles because he was a Christian. And he was praying for Bibles. And he sees these Bibles somewhere. And he takes the Bibles. And he brings them back to his house church. True story. That's true story. And we, this stuff to us is just like, wow, okay, yeah. That is just miraculous. And they're hungry for the word of God. But they live in a nation that all their freedoms are taken away. We can't let that happen in America. I said, we can't let that happen in America. We can't let it happen. We got to wait. We cannot be like Hezekiah. Can I get an amen? Well, someone else will take care of it. <laughs> you know, we'll just leave that up to, you know, someone else. 
We cannot do that. You know, that's what happened in Germany. Yeah, I don't know why I'm on this, but that's what happened. I remember, heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. You know, and he, he was a minister. He loved the Lord. And, and this thing, he just kind of, at first, you know, he, he, he didn't jump on totally uh, with, uh, you know, the, uh, what, uh, what they were, were doing, but to, uh, to, to oppose uh, Hitler's regime. But uh, after a while, he, he started to stir up. And then, and here's what happened. You know, if someone came in and said, you know, we're going to take over, we're going to do something crazy, crazy in this nation, you're just like, no way, that's not going to happen. But slowly, slowly it creeped in, okay? Over a period of time, slowly. And what happened was, it came to a point where even the Protestants there, they, 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 they killed, Hitler killed 600 pastors. Now, I just want you to know that if someone came in and killed all of us pastors in this community, would you be upset as a community? What would you do about it? Amen, Pastor Mike. <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church? Well, they're dead. This is what happened. They did nothing, okay? It's because they thought like Hezekiah. It's not, it's just it's keep, you know what? It, it didn't affect us, it affected them. We need to care about the future. I'm preaching really good more than you're responding. I'm preaching the truth. We need to care about, we need to think about others. We gotta be others conscious, not me conscious. Others, that's kingdom of God. And there's this one pastor, after all those happened, this is actually, he, he wrote this, I, I, I copied it. I, I got a little bit off on, on my text, but his name's Pastor Martin uh, Niemöller. He supported the Nazis and Hitler's racial views at first. However, he said, when Hitler appointed a Nazi as a head of the Protestant church, Niemöller protested and became head of the confessing church. They were, kind of, uh, they were opposed. Then he began to condemn those who were bystanders and allowed evil to happen. He was in prison, but did not survive the war. And he writes this. This is what he writes. Now watch this. Just what I've been sharing. They came first for the communists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. <clears throat> they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. They came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, and by the time they came for me, no one was left to speak up. Amen. We need to care and think about others. And we need to care about our nation. And what happens in Florida, what happens in Southern California, what happens in you know, Illinois, what happens in Texas, it matters. It matters in our country, amen? It matters. That's the kingdom of God. All right, get back to preaching, Pastor Mike, amen? I'm still preaching. Well, so last week, we kind of ended with the story of King Joram of Israel. It was Ahab's son. He was wicked, but he wasn't as wicked as, as Ahab. And then and, and the illustration about King Jehoshaphat of Judah. And we talked about how the Moab king, Misha, he revolts. He didn't want to pay tribute anymore. And in 2 Kings 3, uh, verses 14 and 16, and it says this, then Elisha shows up because they were roaming around the desert for seven days. They needed water. And, and Jehoshaphat said, is there not a man of God around here? Is there not a prophet we can inquire of and find out what's going on? And so they're like, well, let's go to, you know, this, this, this uh, prophet here, Elisha. And so they show up. And then this is what Elijah says, Surely as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not from my regard for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not even look at you or acknowledge you. Now, how was that for being really kind and life-giving? <laughs> because you, I wouldn't even look your way. And then it says this in, uh, he was pretty standoffish, and he was pretty ratcheted up. But in verse 15, it says this, Now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. We're talking about worship and the power of worship. In other words, Elijah says, bring me a musician. I mean, number one, he needed to be calmed down. 
I mean, he was pretty perturbed in his spirit. He was pretty upset being in the presence of that, you know, he basically was an evil, evil king, uh, King Joram. You know what? Some of you may have been jacked up this past week. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know what you've gone through. Maybe some of you have some real heavy stuff that you've been faced with in your life. Maybe you're dealing with some really heavy, heavy things. And maybe you just just jacked up in your spirit. He calls a musician, and that musician played, watch this, and worship calmed him down. What's going on in your car? What's going on in your house? What's going on in your apartment? Come on now. What's, what, what are you listening to day in and day out? I'm, I'm just telling you what, you know, garbage in is going to be a lot of garbage coming out. Amen. Amen. <sighs> I should glad to came to church today. So he get worship going to calm his agitated spirit. Why? So he could hear from God. God, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I've been asking. I ask him. He's just ignoring me. He's not, you know, how long did you ask him for? Well, it was 18 seconds and maybe 19. By the time you order your meal, goes to the drive-thru, we want it. God does not operate on our time frame, okay? And <laughs> he just does not. And so the Bible says when the musician came, he played. And watch this. The atmosphere shifted. The Spirit of God came upon Elijah. And he began to prophesy of Israel's victory to the Lord. Here's the thing. If we, friends, desire to hear from God, watch this. We need to keep our spirit man, our spirit woman quiet to hear from God. That's challenging in this world. I said, that's challenging in this world with the garbage, that the avalanche of stuff you have to be faced with. But with your free time and the time that you're able to, and that, that, you know, however, if you own your own business, whatever, I'd be having worship on. Amen? I'd, I'd be having worship on. It's your business. You have the right to do that. Now, if you're working for someone, whatever, you, you can do things on your own time, but you can keep your spirit built up. How many with me say Amen. Worship changes the atmosphere, and your worship of God can change your atmosphere. That's what we're talking about here. Besides being a blessing to you, ministering to the Lord, your praise and worship, it has the potential, hear me, church, the potential to, to clear out that atmosphere, to release that, that just that junk that's just over your family, your business, or your marriage. And some of you just need to separate yourself, and you know, you, got, you see this tsunami of a, an argument coming on, you just need to begin to worship. You need to begin to worship God. You know, I need to get right in my spirit. How many with me say amen? And, and that takes time. You have to be conscientious about that. So, well, pastor, I'm just not in the mood to worship. Okay. You're not in the mood, okay? Here's the thing about worship. True worship is really not singing sweet songs. Amen? It's really not. Or, or feeling nice. We just felt so good. It was just a good feeling here on Sunday morning. True worship, according to the scriptures, is obedience. Somebody shared obedience. It's obedience to God. That's really what true worship said. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? Obedience through, your, through his spirit and his word. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. I wish I had it to pull it up here, but I didn't put it in. But uh, it says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, watch this, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And this is what it ends with. Watch this. This is your true worship and proper worship to God. Obedience. See, what happens is, is all through the week, you know, the question I throw out there is, how obedient to God are we? Do we begin to become obedient to God at 10.30 a.m.? Only on, come on, amen. 
We're obedient right now, but then we step into, see, and so, so, so really, if you feel, I don't feel anything on Sunday morning, I just can't, you know, where is your hands? I'm just not feeling it, pastor. Are you living obedient throughout the week? Oh, geez, I'm preaching really good this morning. I'm just going to clap for that. Amen, Pastor Mike, because that, that's the truth. That's the truth. How obedient are we? And if we, we're not feeling it in the worship, maybe it's because, wow, well, you get it. Amen. <laughs> so, but, but then there's those that come, and you've got heavy stuff, just really heavy things that have come upon you know, your life this week and you maybe some really, really bad news. And, but, but that same person that hears that bad news could, could, you know, find hope and peace in the midst of you. So how did they do that? You know, you look over, you say, I know what they're going through. They're dealing with so-and-so and such and such. And you say, well, that, they're just in denial. They just got their heads in the cloud. I mean, I've heard that, you know, they're just pie in the sky, you know, heads in the cloud. You know, it's possible, but it's possible. What's possible is that maybe that those people are focusing on something higher and greater. Maybe they're just focusing on something beyond the bad news that's even bigger than their problems. You know, bad news strikes us all. I said bad, and you said, well, I haven't had some in a while. Give it 90 days, 60 days, 120. Bad news will strike you. Amen? Watch this. This verse is amazing. Psalm 112, verses 1, 7, and 8. He said, blessed is the person who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. They will have no fear of bad news. No fear betters. The heart is steadfast, trusting the Lord. Their heart is secure. They will have no fear. You wear that shirt, no fear. Why? Because there's a source to that. And the source is one who delights in the Lord. Amen? They delight in the things of God, the commands of God. And so bad, I've had bad news happen. Bad news. You know, one of the first people that hears bad news is the pastor. <laughs> Tragedy. He'll come to the hospital. This happened. That happened. Oh, my God. And so I have to, you know, I'd be an emotional wreck. Amen? If I don't know how to process that. But I just, okay, bad news. This is bad news, but I'm not going to fear it in Jesus' name. We're not going to fear it. And we've had bad news in our own family, personally. Strike us. And, and, and you, you, could, you could be unnerved. But see, the bad news will not overwhelm them. Amen? It will not overwhelm them. Praise God. I'm going to kind of bring this to our communion time right now here, uh, but I want to read a scripture kind of as a close, and uh, at this time, we're talking about worship in the atmosphere, and you know, I've, I came across this verse, I was reading that just the other day as I finished up the book of uh, Isaiah, and it's the last chapter, 66, verse 1, it kind of struck me, you know, we're in this season, and looking at plans, and building, and, and just trying to revise things, and we're working on a church. That's all I'm saying. We're working on it. And, and it is what it is, someone would say. You know, we're moving forward, though. We're moving forward. Amen. But it says this. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Well, come on, God. If heaven is your throne, bigger than the planet earth, and the earth is a footstool. You know that little stool that's under the water fountain out there? That's a footstool, okay? That's his, Jesus's, God's feet sits on the earth. That's kind of how big he really is, okay? The earth, where we live. We're seven plus billion people. Why do you need a house, a permanent place, a building? But he wants to commune with his people right down where they're at. And he needs a place. He looks for a place. He looks for a place where the enemy is driven out of that community. 
Amen. He looks for a place where the believers come together and they take back their rightful territory. You know, I'm thankful for this place. Amen. We've leased it for 12 years. We've been able to make all the payments. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for that. And God has provided for us, but he wants us to have our own place. Our own place, amen? And, and why? Because what it's doing, it's letting Satan know, Satan, we are taking back territory that you stole from God. So that's a different mindset than out here. Like, oh, what? I don't, you know, you can just meet anywhere as a church. No, you church, taking back territory. It's taking back territory of the enemy. And I believe, because Satan still believes the earth is his. He still believes it's his. And, 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 and so that's why Jesus said that he told, you know, take dominion with Adam and Eve. And then he said, take dominion when Noah got off the ark. And he still, the command goes forth that we are to take dominion. We are to take dominion. What is it? It's an act, hear me, of spiritual warfare. And Satan does not give up easily. Why? Because we are going after souls. We're going after the hearts of men and women. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. I've said this in the last few weeks that the houses of God are God's Bethels. They're God's access points. And so the Lord is, is, I believe, challenging us all here today in light of what we're talking about, the power of worship and the atmosphere. Ushers, you can uh, uh, get the communion ready here and we're going to receive that. But we're going to pray here in a moment. I believe God's called Church of the Harvest not to just exist as a church, just to kind of come together, kind of do that little religious box and check out. God wants us to be an impactful church. Do you hear that? A church that, that affects not just our city, but affects regions and affects other nations. And we've, we've into those nations. Well, you're just a small church there. You know, you're just an Alexandria, small community. And how could you? We've made inroads in these nations. We have, you have, but your, your support in, in Sri Lanka and Japan and, and some of the other nations, Russia and Ukraine. And, and so I, I just, it, it's, God has called us for something greater, church. He has something greater for us. Amen. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I feel like when you talked about King Hezekiah and well, bad things are happening. And that's, that's fine for those people. But for me, as long as my world isn't messed up, that's the wrong attitude. And the Spirit of God smote your heart. You know, I need, to, I need to get right with God. I need to begin to care about outside of my selfish realm. I need to care about others. I need to care about God's kingdom, His purpose, His church where He has me plugged in. I need to care about my community. I need to care about my schools. I need to care about my government. I need to care other than just me, myself, and I. And that's you, and you're here this morning, and just, you need to be right. We're going to pray that here. You're here this morning, and you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm not right with the Lord. I'm just indifferent. I'm backslid. I'm, I'm neither here nor there. Today is a great day for you to get your heart right with God. You can simply invite Christ to be Lord of your life. The Bible says he will come into your life. He will save you. He will fill you with his spirit and he will give you newness of life. If that's you, let's pray together corporately and those that are watching by television. Let's pray for you to invite Christ in your life. Say to me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I gave you my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, 
Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.